This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again tonight. Uh, and I'm excited about this month's topic that says helping that enables healing. And like we told you last time, uh, we're going to be today we're going to talk to Peter Schultz from Mighty Wings Life Center. And we're really excited to hear what he can share with us about how healing, how helping can can um, contribute towards healing. Because it's such a tricky thing, this thing of trying to help people struggling with addictions. Welcome, Peter. It's so nice to talk to you. Hi, Suki. Thank you. And um, also thank you to all of those that are listening in and our prayer as we pray just before starting is that um, God will bless his word to each and every one listening also to this program. Mm, amen. I think often people struggling with addictions and the family and friends are are struggling. Hey, They're often uh, in yes. a battle. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's so easy to lose sight of of Jesus and the wonders that he is and what he can do for us, because sometimes it feels like we just don't get that breakthrough and it's a continued battle. Mm -hmm. But Peter, tell us a little bit about your story. We'd love to hear um, a little bit about your life story. There's always a story about why someone is part of a certain ministry. Can you share with us? Um, Yes, Suki. I'm happy to, provided that I'm going to make it a short version, Mm. because um, (laughs) I would not want to make it too much about myself, because Mm. that is not that important. But um, indeed, I grew up in, um, it's called a somewhat of a troubled home, and you can define that however you want to. But um, from the difficulties in growing up, I learned much compassion for people and had a calling on my life fairly early on. And in uh, 1975, and now I'm giving away a little bit of my age, Mm -hmm. um, when I was at university, um, the Lord uh, really touched my heart. And that in spite of the fact that I was actually studying to go into the ministry. But I've not really known the Lord, I've known of Him. But I was born again in 1975 and then uh, also baptized and then really started a serious walk with him since then, but not um, in the ministry as such. But um, I changed my studies to become a social worker instead. As I found the mold, if I can call it that, or the position of a minister was, was somewhat different than people's perceptions of what ministers of religion can and should do and how they should be like was not, not something I was comfortable with being or having been quite rebellious as a youngster. So a social worker that she fit me better and then I became a social worker and quite early on in my work as social worker and specifically um, being challenged by the fact that for people in addiction, and specifically the families who struggle with addiction and live with addiction. Um, the, the difficulty of that, and you rightfully called that a battle earlier on, um, mm. and the battle is, implies that it is not an easy or a comfortable thing. Mm. It's a difficult and uncomfortable thing that we need to, to live with. So I was challenged 
um, by that and became involved working with addiction directly and indirectly mm. um, over all these years, working both um, in short-term inpatient, long-term inpatient, outpatient, community-based centers, and even in private practice in, in my industrial work, I uh, was very much attracted and in the industry, how um, the industry deals with, with addiction, not only with the employer, but also with the family of the employee. Mm. And um, yeah, I've, I've been involved with that. In 2012, I moved to Pretoria. Um, I'm still trying to, to hear the Lord on that one. I'm not really understanding that, but then mm-hmm. I accept that it's not about me. So I trust mm-hmm. him with his calling to Pretoria. And then um, linked up with, with Mighty Wings in 2012, um, having been informed by a friend of mine, strangely enough, also from Cape Town, about Mighty Wings. And since then, I've been involved. Um, I met up with, with Rodney and Carol Cater, who were the founding members of the organization. They've actually started Mighty Wings way back in 2008 already. So there's a, a bit of a history, but we can talk about that a bit later. Um, so yes, here we are, um, 2021 by God's grace, and we are still living as, as best we can, as I would re- always refer to. Um, we live somewhere between His grace and His miracle. Amen. Um, oh. and, and that is a good place to be at, in spite of difficulties we may encounter quite often. Mm-hmm. Yo, thank you very much, Peter, um, for giving us a, a, a insight into who you are and what you have, where you have come from. As you were sharing, I heard the words "troubled home," and I think that many of our listeners uh, are in troubled homes. They're struggling with something, or they mm-hmm. see a partner, or a friend, or a family member struggling with something. Uh, what were some of the struggles that you were experiencing in your home? Um, briefly, yes. Um, again, looking back as an adult person, so I'm looking um, in retrospect and not from experiencing mm. at the time mm. that I was a youngster. So I think I might have a little bit more insight at that. But as a child, I did not understand the, the difficulties that my parents encountered in their marriage and um, I didn't know what to do with that as much. Um, I remember growing up with um, much anxiety. I was quite rebellious. I had uh, quite a lot of problems at, at school mm-hmm. um, acting out. Maybe a lot of suppressed feelings and anxiety I encountered, but I could not serve them. Mm-hmm. Um, and home was not a safe place for me to be at. Mm. Um, yes, in, indeed, I know now that um, my parents did uh, love each other. I don't have any reservations about that. But they couldn't really find the ways or they didn't have the skills really to communicate constructively with each other mm. and they ended up in destructive behaviors which um, impacted on, on us as children. And, and having said that, I acknowledge, um, again in hindsight, but also looking at the reality of what we live in today is that we really live in a broken world. Mm. And yes. everything is, is, is very much broken. Mm. And without God's um, comfort, without God's support, 
support um, in our day-to-day living. It's, right. it's really troubling. It's really right. an uphill battle yes. um, because how else do we make sense and meaning um, out of life and, and dealing with issues if, exactly. if he is not involved in mm. us and through us um, mm. Yes, Peter, tell us about, um, thank you so much for that, because I think that's just so common and so many people can identify with with what you just said. Can you tell us about the Mighty Wings Centers uh, where people can be helped? Because we looked on the website and we saw that there are three, I think, um, as far as I know. Uh, Four, we have um, a year and a half ago, so that's where we need to update our website in technically um, giving away my age again <laughs> it, it probably I'll do that more often than not <laughs> um, we have to update the website so um, certainly we have four branches and in fact um, in the process of starting a first one the three uh, two sorry two of the branches are on the east end of Janusburg in Eden Vale and Benoni <laughs> the first branch actually started out in Benoni so <laughs> Um, way back 2008, the um, Carol and Rodney started with a home cell for addicts, as mm. they call that, um, mm. and their families. So they started off with five people wow. um, in 2008. And that actually grew from there because by word of mouth and also um, the people that attended the groups coming from different churches actually spread the word to the churches. So. Um, in 2008, just after 2008, 2009, uh, Mighty Wings officially started in mm. Benoni. Mm. Um, so we've been there in Benoni 2009, then in 2012, we started an Edenvale branch. We, in 2013, started our branch in Pretoria, and yeah, about 18 months ago, um, nine, yeah, probably even three years ago, we started our Edenvale branch, wow. which is the fourth branch um, on our list, and that is what we need to put onto mm. our website. And, and the first one, and the first one there. that you said that you're the going to start, the first one will be in the north of Pretoria. Oh, the northern part. That will also wow. be in Pretoria. Great. Okay, maybe Frederick, you can ask him about uh, mighty wings and the verse. Mm, yes, that was very interesting. So when I looked on the website, I saw this very wonderful verse. And um, after I've read it, then we will talk a little bit about it. Um, it's Psalm 57, verse 1. I will seek yeah. refuge in the shadow of your wings until da- danger passes. And oh, so that yeah. is the theme of uh, the Mighty Wings Life Center. And so we're going to have a bit of a break now. And after the break, would you please just tell us a little bit of, you know, why uh, uh, Mighty Wings chose that scripture portion as their theme verse? Thank you. So just for a short break and we'll be back soon. Welcome back, listeners. And uh, before the break, we were talking about that special scripture verse that is a Mighty Wings uh, theme verse for their for their ministry. Uh, Peter, can you explain to us exactly why did they choose this particular verse? Um, interesting question. I'm not altogether sure 
why or whether they chose it or whether God made it on their heart. <laughs> yes. um, but both actually meaning the same. So yes. um, at, at, the, at the time, the experience um, of addiction, and, and even it's true today, is that it is, it's, it's a life of, of chaos and, and living um, with, with family members struggling with addiction. Um, one finds that whatever you do, uh, nothing works, nothing is right. And mm. we, we start to doubt ourselves and start to wonder, like, what is everything about? And and actually, as, as again, coming to the beginning, we took you referred to this as, as, as a battle. Um, we get scarred in battles, we get shot at, we get hurt, and we need refuge. We need a place that we can retract back to where we can feel safe, mm. and feel that whoever I am and whatever I've done, I'm safe where I'm at. And I think the the idea was at that point in time is that um, Mighty Wings perhaps is not a treatment center that it in itself provides a program that says, okay, fine, you know, we know that we are the best people to help you with your addiction or the family. We would rather opt to be a place of support, a place of safety, a place mm. where people feel comfortable irrespective of, of um, what they have gone through or are going through even at that point in time. Mm. So the idea with the name was um, being a place of safety, a mm. safe haven, as it were, if we think back of the safe city um, referred to in the mm, Old mm, Testament, mm. it was more that idea um, that we wanted to bring across. Mm. What mm. I love about that is that it says, until danger passes. So it immediately assumes, yes. it brings hope. It's not constantly yes. going to mm. be like this. Mm, mm. There's a place to, to shelter, like in the storm or in, in the shadow of his wings, which is such a, a powerful image mm. um, yes, for the yes. time being whenever it's needed but there will be a ta- time when danger passes mm. and that's hard for yes. to see when working with addictions eh? because it's such a long process often and often we really struggle to see the way forward and we have to have hope that it's ever going to change because it feels it just keeps going and going and so it's yes. I just love the, um, this verse and Peter, what was also very important, uh, what you mentioned, is that it's in community. Mm. Uh, it's not a, a verse for isolation. And we yeah. often say in our program that healing comes in community. Mm. Mm. And not just yeah. any community, because, you know, some people reach out to the very communities that took them into their addiction. Mm. But it's safe communities yeah. where people understand where people hear and listen mm. and they do not judge and they do not try and fix but they are a support and an encouragement yeah. and mm. uh, the help that you that they are able to offer is help that will bring healing and enable healing yeah. right and then you guys yeah. have got an outpatient program so that is also very important because we've spoken on this program to many treatment programs, but I do know addiction is a long-term thing. People can never be in, in addiction centers long enough. Afterwards, there is a maintenance. Um, a, a, a person yeah. needs to keep staying in recovery, and it's hard. And therefore, I love yeah. the idea that it's an outpatient program where people can continue yeah. with their lives, um, 
Um, whether irrespective or whether they had been to a treatment center or not been because everybody doesn't need to go to a treatment center, but that they can do it that way. And what I've seen you said on the website is that it's holistic, behavioral change, family community, emotional intelligence, responsibility. I love all those. Can you expand just a little bit on those keywords? Yes, um, Shuki, um, thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, the, for us, the importance is that uh, we want to be accessible and affordable. Um, addiction is, is something that affects so many lives, and, and addiction is a much broader term than it implies merely by hearing the word addiction, mm. um, which is often perceived um, that people who have reached, if I can call it that, an end state of addiction that those people are addicted. But we are addicted way before we actually acknowledge mm-hmm. our addiction mm-hmm. or accept mm-hmm. that we are addicted. So we, we want to be acceptable, uh, accessible, sorry, um, in the sense that it's much easier to convince a person to, to attend uh, meetings twice a week than being convinced that they have to go to a rehab for three weeks or six weeks or six months, that's difficult to convince people. So they may acknowledge that they need help, but they they don't really um, um, see or feel that they can go to a longer-term place. It's too drastic in a way almost. Mm. So therefore, they're much um, more comfortable to come to our facilities and even in the facility, it, it happens that um, as part of the process, if they need to go for inpatient treatment, um, we will discuss that with them. Mm, and mm. in fact, we've made that part of of the recovery program. So mm. I'm just deviating a little bit from, from what you said mm. by pointing out that when we're in addiction, we're inclined to, to take on less and less responsibility for mm. for anything. And um, the basis from attending my feelings groups is that when people are there within the first few weeks, um, two to three weeks, mm-hmm. when they are there, they are exposed to the program and what it entails. And then they have to draft what we refer to as a recovery plan. So they tell us on their plan how they foresee and what they will take responsibility for in terms of of their recovery. Now, the program runs over a year, so they have to point out that in the next year, what am I willing to do and Mm. what do I take responsibility for for Mm. my recovery because it's their recovery. So, Mm. And in that, we we address questions like um, relationships, like work responsibility, like behavior, um, but also in terms of relapse because for me, relapse... Mm. It's not a sign of failure. Relapse part of recovery. Relapse yes. just tells us that the way we try to recover did not work, so we have to try another way. So mm. they then have to indicate to us how they see um, how um, they would like to deal with their own relapses. And then once they drafted their recovery plan, they sit down with one of our people that have been on the program for two years or longer, or three years even, um, and they sit down and discuss from both their perspectives how this recovery plan is feasible or not feasible. 
So, and then this recovery plan is shared with the family member. So the family member, who then also joins up on the program, is also then um, advised and filled in in terms of how this recovery takes place from the addicted person's perspective that has joined up the program. Mm. Uh, um, Peter, thank then, you so much. Uh, yeah, this is very, very interesting. And sorry. You, you mentioned a word there that was very, very important for me, and that was family support. And and that's yeah. one of the programs that you guys offered. I mean, there's drug testing, support groups, uh, the yeah. 12-step program, this counseling, yeah. and the family yeah. support. And what I also got from your website is that it's a Christ-centered um, really? program. Can you just expand why, very shortly, why you call okay. it a Christ-centered? We, we're almost at the end of the program, so we can continue more in, 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 in next, next week as well. But just give us a summary about that. Thanks. Okay, briefly. Right. Um, first and foremost, uh, it's Christian-based because this is the way we believe um, how recovery is done. And we use the Celebrate Recovery 12-step program mm. as basis um, following the principles and the steps. Um, so each person, when they join up, get a Celebrate Recovery workbook, which becomes part of the um, moving forward on the program. So for us, Christ Center is important, although we do make provisions for people from other religions or people that um, do not believe at all. Um, but they are involved in on the program, but we allow them the freedom in terms of participation. So um, there are like prayers in the beginning when we start the groups we have on Sundays, which is also one of the days that we have groups. Um, we have a short celebration period. Um, they don't have to attend that. They are in the groups, but they don't have to participate. Sorry, they, they uh, attend, but they don't have to participate. And we found that some people um, came to the Lord and some people stopped their program, but then... Um, that we believe is the Lord's work um, in each and every person as he seeks fit mm. to do. Wow. The, the testing, uh, very briefly, is um, fulfills the role of being accountable. So um, the person knows that if I'm on the program, I will be tested twice a week so that we don't open the gap for them to to use again. And then when they have like positive um uh, the, the test shows a positive, we then deal with that with that person. And often that is where the social worker like myself would come in to see, but what happened, why has the person relapsed, and how can we learn from that in moving forward. Um, family is very important, because the mm. family themselves struggle with their own um, problems um, in terms of what is happening to them because of the addiction. And they also need a safe place where they can share their own feelings and experiences with other people in similar situations. Wow. Also following the same 12 steps as the um, and program as our addicts do. Good, wonderful. Wow, that's a, quite a great service. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to delve deeper into this. So listeners, uh, please be sure to tune in again next time. And if you miss any of our programs, remember you can get it on podcast. Freddie, you want to give us the address? Oh, quickly? yes, I'd love to. It's uh, K- www.kpulpit.co.za. 
www.anchor.co.za forward slash podcast forward slash into me see go and look it up and download and share with a friend and share also with your friends that this month we're talking about how can we help help uh, helping that enables healing till next time god bless this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpulpit.co.za